Episode 36 of the State of the Old Republic podcast was originally recorded on May 8th, 2017. It's the State of the Old Republic podcast. It's been four weeks since 5.2 launched. I'll talk about my progress gearing up in Tier 4. Also this week, the data miners have been hard at work and have found a few nuggets of interesting information that I'll share with you. Some friends got me hooked on PvP. I'll give you some tips on what you can do to take your first steps into this larger world. Finally this week, I completed my Datacron achievement. I'll talk about that and whether it's something worth pursuing. And with that, it's time to make the jump to light speed and check out the State of the Old Republic. Well, welcome to episode 36 of the State of the Old Republic podcast. I'm your host, Ted, and as you heard in the opening, I have another terrific show lined up for you today. First, as always, let's review some announcements for the Old Republic. Well, as some of you might know, I used to blog for a group called the Cantina Cast. Uh, I wrote for them uh, for two years until they decided to suspend their blogging operations in January of this year so that they could focus solely on their podcast endeavors. Since leaving them, I've been on the fence as to whether or not I want to continue blogging about Star Wars. I enjoy writing, but I'm not a fast writer, and it takes time to get the right words out. Uh, having had a short break... I decided that I do miss it, and while I haven't found a permanent home yet, I did have an opportunity to guest blog for Coffee with Kenobi. So my article was published on May 2nd, and it's called A Long Time Ago in a Galaxy Not So Far Away. It's basically a back-in-my-day trope where I look at the Star Wars landscape as I remembered it as an 8-year-old kid back in 1977. I thought it came out well, and since you all like Star Wars... I encourage you to check it out. It's a very long URL, so I will post it in the show notes. However, you can just go to coffeewithkenobi.com and do a search on guest blog or TED, and it'll pop right up. So there you go. And I'll also include, as I said, the link in, in my show notes. All right. So next up, to help celebrate May the 4th, BioWare launched a double XP event that will run through May 15th. Now, it only applies to leveling XP and not CXP, but if you want to level up a character, now is a great time to do it. Also going on right now is a 50% off collection unlocks. I love these sales because having armor, mounts, companion pets available to all of your characters is awesome, and 50% off is a great value. In fact, I unlocked my Revan Reborn armor set that I got through the Dark vs. Light event with this particular sale. So it's a great opportunity to add some items to your collection on the cheap. Also, if you have a Twitch Prime account, you can get a code which you can enter on your SWOTOR account that will grant you an ACPT Walker mount and a character boost that you can use to create a level 60 or 65 character, your choice. And I believe there's, uh, if you don't have a Twitch Prime account, there was, I don't know if it's still active or not, a thread on the Tour subreddit where people were sharing uh, extra codes that they had 
And again, I'll put a link to that in my notes, and you might want to check that out if you don't have a Twitch Prime account. Uh, you might be able to snag a code to get the ACPT Walker mount, and of course, the very good uh, free character boost where you can create the level 60 or 65 character. And finally, uh, this week, you should receive the M4Y6 droid, which is the May the 4th uh, pet droid, on May the 9th, I, I believe that's the, that's the date. The cutoff to get it was uh, May the 8th, and then they were going to start giving it to you um, after that cutoff date. I know I saw a lot of people, uh, guildmates, other people asking in-game why they hadn't received their droid, and the reason is they were you know waiting until this cutoff before they were going to mail it to you. So that is all of the announcements that I have. Uh, let's slice the holonet and get to the news this week. So it's been about four weeks since game update 5.2 went live. So I thought I'd update you on my progress so far. If you've listened to the last few episodes, then you know I'm in a very active guild and doing a lot more activities than ever before. I mean, ops, PvP, Uprisings, Conquest, and even the occasional Galactic Starfighter match. So when 5.2 dropped, I was ranked 300, but I had done nothing in terms of saving up CXP packs to get the, uh, to get some early tier 4 crates on the day, on day 1. So basically, it was if I hit rank 300 the moment 5.2 hit. So here's what my gear looks like right now. I have 8 248 pieces. I believe that's right. Uh, ear, head, chest, boots, main hand, offhand, uh, both relics, which are serendipitous assault and devastating vengeance. And the devastating vengeance has the crit proc. So it's not terrible, but focused, uh, retribution would be a, a, a better, better choice, but I don't have, I don't have one of those right now. I haven't gotten one out of the crates and I haven't gotten an unassembled relic piece. So I'm just waiting to get lucky at some point, but I do have the serendipitous assault. Uh, my gloves, legs, wrist, and one of my implants are all 246, I should say, which is artifact quality. And I have one implant that's 244, which is a blue prototype. And then my armoring on my belt is 244. I have a 246 mod in, in that slot. So um, I'm working on getting unassembled components for uh, 248 legs and wrist because I already have the 242 uh, pieces, the tier 3 pieces, which are legendary. So I can use those to upgrade directly to 248 as soon as I get an uh, unassembled component. So, whew. so that, that that's my gear. Um, so overall, I'm in pretty good shape, except now that I need fewer pieces, the crates are becoming more and more disappointing I mean, ultimately, I need to start running a few veteran mode, aka hard mode ops, and target my missing pieces so I can work on upgrading them to 248 via unassembled components. And I don't know if they're going to introduce a fifth tier of gear, but if they do, my ultimate goal is to have a full set of 248 gear and then be capped on unassembled components whenever that change drops. And if they do add a fifth tier, I really hope that they just phase out lower tiers and make tier five the max and keep the costs and the CXP requirements the same as it is now. Uh, when they added tier four, uh, the CXP required to get a crate went up. 
And I believe the unassembled component and command token cost to get tier 4 gear also went up. And I would rather they just phase out like tier 1 and make that purchasable with credits or, or command tokens and then have Galactic Command drop tier 2 crates from rank say 1 to 99 and, and tier 3 from 100 to 199 and then tier 4 for, you know, 200 to 300 and then once you hit 300 you would start getting tier 5 gear, but the costs and the CXP required to get all this would just stay where it is today. So that's all speculation on my part. Nothing has been announced regarding a fifth tier of gear, and nothing, to my knowledge, has been data mined either. But there have been some other cool things data mined recently, and I wanted to talk to you about those now. So keep in mind that just because someone data mined something out of the game files doesn't mean it will ever see the light of day and make it to the live servers. Case in point, uh, a Manon stronghold was, I think, was recently data mined, and there was a reference to Darth Malgus as well, I believe, uh, and associating all that with 5.2. Obviously, I, to my knowledge, I haven't seen uh, Darth Malgus in 5.2, and certainly don't have a Manon stronghold, which I absolutely would love. In fact, I wrote a blog post um, a while back when they were getting ready to introduce the Yavin 4 stronghold. Hey, they just said, hey, we had a new stronghold coming. I think it was in a, a producer's roadmap, but it didn't say where it was going to be. And I wrote about how I thought Manan would be a great place to have a stronghold because you could do some cool things with it, such as having maybe uh, like a basement level underwater with, you know, like 360 degree window and you can just walk around and look at stuff swimming in the ocean and then you could have like a, a sun deck on, on top. Anyway, I just thought a Manon stronghold would be very cool and could be a, be a fun place to, to, to hang out. So uh, hopefully maybe we will get one. Maybe it'll be later this year, but again, don't really know. And, and my point was, hey, it's something that I think people had seen in data mine files, but hasn't really seen the light of day as of yet. So as to the most recent data mined information, uh, let's see, it looks like there could be a return of the nightlife event on Nar Shaddaa. And it looks like it could have some new rewards, including a Gamorian guard companion and also a new creature mount called a Thuvasaur, uh, which I believe is uh, something similar to a Dubak. So it might have a, a, a kind of like a Dubak model. But those could be new rewards. Uh, the really cool thing that was mined was a 25% legacy-wide boost uh, to all characters under rank 300. This was a Galactic Command boost, by the way. So yeah, 25% legacy-wide boost to CXP for all characters under rank 300. And I believe that's a, a permanent boost, by the way. Um, I also saw some rumors about uh, new speeder ranks uh, possibly going as high as 4 and 5. Didn't see any details on how much they would boost mount speed. But maybe we could get a, a, a mount speed boost, a couple of those coming uh, some point this year as well. Again, this is all highly speculative, but all good things, right? I mean, I like the nightlife event. We didn't get it last year, so it's overdue. And that's usually a summertime event, by the way. And I, I also like the idea of them adding new rewards to the event because that's a great way to keep it fresh and keep people playing and paying because just like real gambling, it is a bit of a credit sink. So 
Uh, start saving now because you know the nightlife event could very well return with some new, uh, improved, cool, different rewards. So that's it on the data mine stuff. I wanted to pick up now on the PvP conversation that I started last episode. So if you didn't listen to episode 35, I mentioned that I'm getting into PvP. Uh, I went and did some war zones with friends, and I got hooked. Initially, I was enticed by the prospect of unassembled components, but I'm genuinely starting to enjoy it. And I said last week that if you're just getting into PvP, you should focus on having fun. Don't worry about winning or what the objectives are. Make sure you have fun, because if you don't have fun, you won't go back and do it again. So I learned how to have fun even when losing, and so I've crossed that hurdle And now I'm taking the next steps, which is to actually learn the objectives so I can go into these war zones and be productive and help the team win because these war zones are a lot more fun when you actually win and they're cool when you see your name, you know, high up on the leaderboard, knowing that you contributed to the victory. And then if people give you an MVP vote, which I've gotten a few here and there, um, you know, it's nice. It makes you feel good and it makes you want to go back in there and keep keep on keeping on. So to that end, I was digging around and looking for some basic guides. And after searching and searching, I would recommend that if you're interested in learning about PvP, that you head over to the SWOTOR Academy on YouTube. It's SWOTORista's channel. And she has some short guides on all of the key war zones, including Civil War, which is on Alderaan, Odessin, Voidstar, Hutball, Ancient, Hypergate, and the Navari Coast. And they're good. They're all about five to seven minutes long and give you a very good overview of the objectives and basic strategies. So, you know, while killing other players is great, it's not always what's needed to win. And if all you do is stand around trying to kill other players, you might actually just be wasting time and hurting your team. Um, you know, it's as if you're not even there because you're not doing something that's helping uh, the, the cause, so to speak. I mean, after a week of doing PvP right now, I think my favorite war zones are actually Ancient Hypergate, uh, Civil War, and believe it or not, the original Hutball map. Uh, I, I, I like those three. One, because I'm somewhat familiar with the Hutball map, and, and it's really not that, that bad. Uh, I mean, you know, there's, the, you know, it's, it's really just about, you know, helping your guys uh, score by either protecting the runner or making yourself available to receive a pass in a key place and, and, and cross over the goal line. I think I talked about that last week, how I scored in, in, in one of the matches that I was doing and was able to do it in style by turning my back to the goal line and hitting rocket out on my Merc and, and, and doing that. That was fun. Um, you know, as well as just trying to stop, uh, the opposing team's ball carriers and get the ball out of their, their hands. So it's, you know, I know people, complain about Hutball and they don't they don't like it. Um, I will say this, there's a couple different Hutball maps. I like the original one, do not like the newer one at all. That one is just really kind of more vertical uh, than the original. And I, I don't like that one. I don't like that one at all. Um, and like I said, the ancient Hypergate is pretty good. Um, you know, some things to keep in mind there is, you know, you're dying when you die in that, you you hurt your team, you get you the other team gets points when you kill people, that's actually pretty good because your team gets points. But the other thing is, you know, there are these orbs that you can pick up and run back to your your team's pylon if you've secured a pylon, which is an important thing to do. I actually like to go ahead and, and, and do that. So I, I like the ancient 
Hypergate and Civil Wars, another one that I enjoy. Uh, ones that I don't like right now are Odessin. And Odessin's a little bit, I don't know if complicated is the right word, but there's, 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 killing really is, is like the, sort of the, the, the last thing you need to, to focus on, if it, it really at all. It's really about standing and stuff, securing control points, and there's things you can pick up to, to help that, shut, shut your opponent's thing down. Um, you know, there's a lot going on there. I need to, to read up on that one, uh, as well. It's a, it's a, it, and, you know, it's, again, I don't know if it's a complicated map, but it's a, it's sort of a busy map, maybe. Uh, so, you know, you know, I'm not familiar with the map as well. So I waste too much time running around trying to get from point A to point B. So Odessa is one that I need to kind of study, study up on a little bit. So I don't like that one as much. And then I also talked about the, uh, newer Hutball map that I don't like. And I also find the Navari Coast can be a little, uh, hit or miss, but it's another, another interesting war zone. But PVP is just a great thing to do if you have limited time and you're looking to progress your, progress your galactic command and need to target specific pieces of gear. Although the rate at which you earn unassembled components, I think needs to be greatly increased. It just feels way too slow. Even if you do the daily quests, I mean, which you get you, you know, 12 a day plus what you get for winning or even losing a war zone, but it's, it's very, very slow progress relative to, to other activities in, in the game. So I'm hoping that they'll boost that up at some point here, because I think the rate of, uh, you know, either, either boost the, the rate that which we earn unassembled components or just lower the cost uh, to purchase the gear with the unassembled components. Either way would be good. So that's all for PvP this week. I'll probably talk about it actually a little bit more next week as well. But I wanted to move on to my final topic for this week, and that is datacrons. You remember those things, right? Uh, one of the things I did this weekend was complete my datacron achievement. And I had one left on Corellia that I had not gotten, and I finally just decided to get it done. And if you haven't gotten all of your data crons, you really should. For one, it's fun. Well, that's to say there is a high degree of satisfaction from getting them all at least. I mean, don't get me wrong. They have a tendency to induce an inordinate amount of cursing, screen punching, and rage logging. But they're definitely worth getting. And Knights of the Fallen Empire introduced two key changes to datacrons. First, they made them legacy-wide meaning if you discover a Datacron on one tune, you've discovered it on all of your tunes. Second, they got rid of the individual primary stats. You remember those, right? Aim, Cunning, Willpower, and Strength. And they replaced them all with Mastery. And prior to this, you didn't really need to get all of the Datacrons uh, on a single tune. For example, a Mercenary didn't really benefit from Willpower. So other than the thrill and challenge of getting all of those datacrons, there was no reason to chase after them at all. Well, now that those datacrons grant mastery, it's worth getting. Uh, it's not a huge boost, but it's not zero either. In fact, I think it's roughly 200 mastery that you gain and about 50 presence and 50 endurance. But, you know, keep in mind, as the level cap increases and the gear gets better, the value of the stats begin to diminish but it's still pretty good. And, you know, Datacrons are also one of the hallmarks of the original game, and you do get a sense of accomplishment from getting them. 
In addition to the stats, you get a whole bunch of lore in the form of codex entries, and I do like to read those uh, from time to time. Uh, some are easier, certainly easier than others to get. Some, like the fleet datacron, require help from others. Others require a lot of patience and waiting. Uh, many require good timing and jumping, and you'll have to do it on a mix of Imperial and Republic characters. Uh, the final one that I needed was on the Empire side of Corellia, and it basically required jumping onto a couple of moving platforms, which, if you missed, you would die and have to run back and start over. I mean, for me, this was miserable, and it took a long, long time to figure out the timing of the jumps. I mean, there, and there was a couple of ways to do it. I mean, you had these really tiny platforms that were fairly far down from where you were standing, and they would crisscross over one one another, so you could hop on one and then quickly hop down to the other, or the you could just you know time it and just hop onto that second one, which was a little bit lower down and what what happened to me a lot of times I would land on it but because it was so far down your character would kind of do this roll and I'd roll right off the stupid thing so or I would just miss time the jump and then even if you did land on that platform you know you'd have to ride it up uh a little ways until it got over this um tiny little ledge and then you'd have to jump onto the ledge and you know I've missed missed doing that a couple of times and if you missed any of these jumps you would die, and then you'd have this fairly long uh, ride back uh, to the to the Datacron location, and then you'd have to wait for those moving platforms, which, I don't know, whoever did that kind of found a way to make them move simultaneously slow and fast, if you get my meaning. In other words, when you feel like you had to wait forever for them to kind of make their way towards you but then once they were towards you and you had to actually make the jump it felt like they were moving at practically warp speed so that was probably the most difficult one for me to get but i got it done woohoo and i now have all of my datacrons and if you're looking for guides there are plenty of guides out there even some of the old ones from uh, way back when the game launched are, are, are still pretty good because the locations and how you get them haven't changed so um, if you're going to do some YouTube searches looking for some video guides, you might want to search on, you know, the planet and the original stat, too. You might want to look for cunning datacrons or willpower datacrons because that's how a lot of people did those early videos. Uh, you could search by color like blue, red, yellow, um, and so forth. But... Uh, Volk, who does a lot of YouTube videos and streaming for Star Wars Yoda Public, has an excellent guide on how to find them all. I think he has videos uh, which talk about the lore and how to get each and every one of these datacrons. So as always, I'll post a link in my show notes for that. And like I said, there are, other, there are plenty of other guides and videos out there, but his is definitely a great starting point. So if you want to take a break from Galactic Command and are looking for something to do, go hunt some Datacrons. And that's it. That's all I have on Datacrons, and I think that's pretty much it. It's kind of a light show uh, for me this week. Not not a lot of other news. I mean, we did get a small uh, 5.2.1, of course, launched last Tuesday, and we had an inordinate amount of downtime. It was kind of a crazy week, right? The servers were down 
took a long time for them to get them back up. I think some of those were circumstances beyond their control. I thought overall the communication uh, about where things were at was 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 relatively good. Uh, I, I I usually go into the office and work on Tuesday, so there's a lot of downtime on Tuesday. I don't pay too much attention to it because it doesn't really impact me personally all that much. But I understand uh, this was not an easy uh, maintenance period to get through. Also, I believe character transfers were broken for a while, uh, and even towards the end of last week, some people were talking in my guild were talking about. Uh, character transfers taking like something ridiculous, like five days or five hours, some, some, some inordinate amount of time where, um, but as far as I can tell, that all seems to be fixed. In fact, I just transferred a character over, I believe it was to Harbinger, uh, this morning took under an hour for that tune to get there and everything, everything was great. And the reason I'm doing that, I decided I would try maybe start to build another legacy, if you will on another server, just to have another place to go and do stuff. I have, you know, almost 24 tunes on my main server of Shadowlands, and I just don't know what to do with them all. A lot of them are just taking up space and just kind of wasted. So I thought I'd, you know, move a couple over to Harbinger, and also I did the did enter a Twitch Prime code, got a, you know, level, level boost, a character boost. So I was looking for something to do with that. So I just decided to kind of, uh, kind of have a secondary server now over at Harbinger. And I had a couple of tunes there left over from uh, the dark versus light. So, um, so just, just a way to kill some time looking for some stuff to do. I thought I would go ahead and do that. So, so things are starting up there. So that's it for this week. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and cue the music and congratulate you on surviving another half hour listening to episode 36 of the State of the Overworld podcast. I'm your host, Ted, and I thank you for tuning in. You can find this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, YouTube, and Buzzsprout. You can also listen to the show directly from the show site, which is SotorPodcast.com, and there is an RSS feed where you can subscribe to the podcast directly. If you have a question for the show, you can email me at SotorPodcast at gmail.com. You can also tweet your questions to at SotorPodcast, and be sure to follow me on Twitter get the latest information on this show. Look for episode 37 on May 17th, 2017. And remember, the Sith Code cake is alive.